On today's show, the Yankees had a fun time at the All-Star Game. We'll give you our thoughts about the game and the broadcast because Fox did some fun things that worked and some things that didn't quite work. Plus, I have some thoughts about the reaction to Giancarlo Stanton winning the All-Star MVP. All that and more next Unlocked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastracco. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also, feel free to comment if you feel so inclined. We just passed 1,300 subscribers on YouTube. Yay! That's exciting. Maybe we can get to 1,500 by the time the playoffs start. That would be a cool number to achieve. So, Abby, it's hot as hell in the New York area. <laughs> so hot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got a new AC, though, so I'm excited about that. It is efficient. Yeah. Efficient. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're also... Oh, hold on one second. If you're listening to us... You might hear a slight hum in the background behind Abby. That's her new AC. And you're going to hear something behind me because I, if you can tell, my window does not have an AC. So I have a fan blowing on me because it is unbearably hot in this house. So I apologize if there's background noise, but we'll try to drown that out with our voices. <laughs> it's so much stronger than my old one. It's fantastic. Yeah. I don't know I, how I was living before. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, it's hot in a lot of places. I mean, Poor people in England are melting yeah. because it's 105 degrees or, you know, above 40 Celsius over there, which they don't see. And they're not a place that has AC and central air and people are melting over there. Just welcome to summer and welcome to, um, you know, global warming. <laughs> oh, wonderful, isn't it? Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, now, speaking of warm places, the All-Star Game in L.A., it was a fun time, at least for the Yankees who participated. You know, they didn't embarrass Yankee fans, which is great, because that's always my biggest fear that, you know, it, you're so excited about the Yankees making the All-Star game and then, you know, like a pitcher will give up a home run or something crazy like that. But that happened to the Dodgers instead in their home stadium. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. What did you think of the game? Because I know you were watching. Yeah, um, I thought that Fox really tried some things. And as you said, some of them were, were cool and some of them weren't. However, my overall thought, if you're going to try these things, I would, I saw some mixed reactions from like, I think it was like fans and media. There were some media members who were saying like, why are they interviewing guys when they're pitching? And then there were some fans who were like, who cares? It's really cool. That's what matters. Right. Um, if the fans like it, it gives them sort of a, a you know, a different glimpse into a world that they don't always get to see. You know, they're sitting there screaming on their couch. Oh, why'd you throw that pitch? Well, now you know why. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like the players actually enjoyed it as well, which I found interesting. I thought that some, like maybe it interrupted the flow of the game a little bit. But 
it's a different kind of game. You don't have to stick to balls and strikes. You can try different things like that. And we, you know, we've had the general conversation quite a lot about how baseball needs to continuously evolve. Well, well, that means the broadcast do as well. Um, ESPN tried this during hockey this year. They had in-game interviews. A lot of fans thought it was like very disrespectful to the coaches. Um, ESPN came back and said, "This is a way. This is a way to help grow the game." by giving fans insight into what is going on on the bench in that moment. You know, maybe this does attract some younger fans if you're going to go do some in-game interviews and not just like the typical, you know, talking to the first base coach while he's in the dugout type of thing. If you're going to actually talk to a guy during an all-star game like this, I can't see them doing it during the playoffs or anything like that. But if it grabs a couple extra fans, it gives pe- it gets people interested in sort of like the pitcher catcher dynamics, then it's not a bad thing. Right. That was the big difference that I was seeing. Um, you know, people who were complaining that they were um, aiming it towards the younger generation and some of the older people were mad about that, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, the world's catered to a tra- to sort of a, like homogenous baseball fan for as long as I can remember for as long as baseball has been around. Yeah. We need to be continuously grabbing younger fans, whether some of these older fans like it or not. They're not the only, they're not the only ones watching baseball. Right. Right. And this is the perfect time to do it. The game doesn't count anymore. You know, the winner doesn't set the home field advantage for the world series anymore. And this is the type of game that's perfect for this kind of experiment. I mean, I loved, um, Cole and Freed talking to each other back and forth. I thought that was really funny. You got to see Garrett Cole's personality, which was nice. Um, But my thing about the Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino thing, we spoke about it before we started recording. There were so many fans of other teams who were angry, but in a funny way, because they were angry that they found two Yankees so likable and that they loved that insight into the inning. It's so true, though. And even the other, the inning after that, where Jose Trevino was at bat, and he's like, you guys can keep talking to me. And he gets his first hit, and he's like, even at, like he was um, like walking up into the batter's box, and he's like, wow, it's my first All-Star game. This is so cool. It was so endearing. Yeah. And it, like, I was, watch- I was watching the game with a Red Sox fan, and I turned around, and I was like, does this kill you to see a Yankee so likable? And he, like, kind of hemmed and hawed, and he's like, Luzari, I kind I kind of like the guy. He's, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, like this is a diehard, born in Southie Red Sox fan, and he's like, I I kind of like the guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was just so endearing, and he was so genuinely happy and excited to be there. And like a little kid, this is what you dream of, right? Yeah. And it's like sometimes you have this, I don't know, not attitude necessarily, but like you get in, you go into autopilot and it becomes just another baseball game. The playoffs can be sort of, the playoffs are a really big stage and um, older guys in the clubhouse will always preach keeping a very level head and not letting the whole circus of it effect get to you. This is a game where you can, you can let the circus, like you can take it all in. You can, you can take it for what it is and you can enjoy it and just soak it in and understand like you got to this big stage for a reason and it's pretty cool it's what you all dream of and jose trevino did exactly that yeah he really enjoyed every moment of it he made it count and he was like it was just like a little kid out there it was fantastic 
Yeah, I really, that moment, as you said, when he walked up to the plate and he's like, I can't believe I'm an all-star. Like, oh my God. I mean, I would have the same reaction too, because who expected that? <laughs> like when the season started and he wasn't really even a Yankee, um, who would have expected to see Nestor Cortez, Jose Trevino, Clay Holmes? Sure, you'd probably expect to see Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, but the other three was just such a fun surprise. And we're going to talk more about that in a second because we'll talk about Judge and Stanton and Holmes and everyone else's performances. Garrett Cole didn't pitch, obviously, because he pitched on the weekend and his performance was really just during the broadcast. And again, it was fun to see that because this is the type of situation where you get to see their personalities more. And that goes for everyone because everyone who was mic'd up, you got to see how fun everything is when they're playing baseball, which is how it should be. So in a moment, we'll talk about Stanton and his big home run. But first, you like jewelry? Do I? Yes. I do. I enjoy jewelry, yes. I do too. And to our guys out there, whether you're ready to pop the question, you're celebrating a milestone moment like an anniversary, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting styles. Then their jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings for a big anniversary, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. If it's not perfect, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need your special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code LOCKEDON. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from oddsmakers at BetOnline. Available starting on July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So Stanton, the hometown boy. This, this whole situation was storybook. He's from Los Angeles. His dad used to bring him to Dodgers games. He used to sit in left field. They put him in left field, and he hits the game-tying home run into the left field bleachers. Like, what? <laughs> like, they always talk about... It's very brave of Mr. Stanton to take his young son to left field. <laughs> left field gets rowdy in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, we've heard stories about how crazy it gets. Because everyone always talks about the Yankee Stadium bleachers, but, you know, Dodger Stadium bleachers were pretty rough, too, people. They didn't even sell alcohol for a long time in left field. (laughs) Yeah, they had to limit the alcohol consumption in the right field bleachers at the old stadium after a while because it was bedlam out there. But I just love... I once saw somebody in the old stadium pour a beer on a Texas Rangers fan's head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I just don't. So I understand the limiting of the alcohol, but like, I don't understand wasting. Right. Right. Like, uh, there's that infamous clip of Tina Martinez hitting the grand slam against San Diego in 98. And they show the angle of the upper deck from the side and you see the ball go into the crowd. And then you see this guy just throw his beer. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, those beers are expensive. It's like, I know you're happy, you know, about (laughs) Tino hitting a grand slam, but why are you throwing your beer onto the field, crazy person? Um, But I just love, I feel like, we talk about this all the time. I feel like baseball is that one sport where stories like this always tend to happen in big moments. You know, it's always like, oh, this guy grew up here and this special moment's happening. But the whole playing in left field, hitting it to left field, where he used to sit as a kid. I just think it's great. And he, you could tell in his post-game interview that it kind of, it got to him and that he couldn't, because he said it on the field and then also in his post-game press conference, it was, you could tell he was about to shed a couple of tears talking yeah, to his dad. Yeah, it was emotional. It was like kind of cool to see. It's, this. I mean, the, look, as we just talked about, this is a way for the, for baseball players to showcase their personalities and, baseball is not traditionally a sport where the personalities are well marketed mm. but I, I i mean i can't really remember a time when we actually got to see john carlos stanton's personality not really so, like he tends to have this veneer of this like i'm a ball player i'm a tough guy like this is just what like he goes like i said sometimes these guys just go on autopilot they play a baseball game but this is the kind of game that's it's really special and it's meaningful and yeah it is kind of like a silly I don't know. It, it sure it's meaningless in the standings, and there's no longer any sort of like competitive, I don't know, aspect attached to it. But it was interesting for me to see John Carlos Stanton of all people let that guard down and enjoy what had to have been a really cool, really meaningful moment for him. I mean, Dodger Stadium is a cathedral for a lot of people. It's Southern California, it's it's a we all know that like being fans of these teams where you're from like there's a lot of pride attached to it but some of these other teams like you know no offense to like the open a's but when you're from new york when you're from southern california like there just tends to be a different sort of like cultural aspect attached to it sure and i just i thought it was i don't know it actually made me like miss los angeles and i don't really know john carlos stanton very well other than some like post-game interviews that I've done with him, which tend to be very short. But I think in this instance, like, I don't know. I, I, he, I think he kind of felt like he was, like he was a, a, he was speaking to like all of LA. He was speaking to all of New York. And, it, and I know I saw some fans on Twitter who, I, I know that they really appreciated that response as well and felt like, I don't know. Almost like maybe like like they were watching their friend have like a happy moment. Right. I will say, Billie Jean King and Steve Garvey, and they were standing there about to present the award. Then then the camera had to zoom out because Stanton was so much bigger than them. Yes. And it just was such, <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest thing ever because it was just like, pff, like they pulled the camera such back and there's this giant. Like, when, you're, when you're standing in front of him, I'm only five feet tall. So like... There's times when I'm in the locker room and I'm like standing next to next to him trying to interview him and I don't I like you it, it seeing him on TV like doesn't even do him justice. 
Yeah. Like you got to be next to him in person to understand just like what a massive dude he is. Right. Because I'm 5'9", and he would make me look short. So but he's also just like... Big. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is built like an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with Judge. Like, I, I always... We always joke about the big boy outfield with... Yeah. Him at 6'6", six, six, Judge at 6'7", Gallo at 6'5". And Gallo, you know, coming over here and being like, you know, I'm, I'm used to being the tall guy in the team, and you got these yeah. two. <laughs> Gal's a little more lanky. Like these other guys are just built. Yeah. Yeah. They're just built like I mean, not that Gal is not built like an athlete, but it's just sort of that prototypical athletic build that they have. They're, you know, they've got thick legs and thick shoulders, and it's just different. Gal's a little lankier, and I don't know. I I really enjoyed Giancarlo Stanton last night, and even my friend. Look, it takes a lot for a Red Sox fan to be like. With Trevino, like, okay, I, I kind of like the dude. Like, the he's, dude's okay. He, even he was, like, watching Giancarlo Stanton in awe. He's, like, I just, like, watching his swing. I really, I really like his swing. I was, like, it, it's, this is very entertaining for me to just watch a Red Sox fan sort of <laughs> have this, like, come to Jesus moment where he's, like, man, the Yankees are doing really cool things. Yeah. Poor Red Sox fans, poor Met fans, you know, because as I was saying with the Trevino and Cortez thing, a Mets fan friend of mine, he's like, yeah, I really hate that the Yankees have likable players. This doesn't feel comfortable, comfortable for me at all. And I'm not enjoying this. He's like, I am enjoying it, but I'm not. How do you not like Nestor Cortez? And the way that he was so willing to just like, I don't know, you know, try some funky deliveries. He's already funky, but the way that he was sort of playing it up while he was mic'd up. Yeah. That was really cool, I thought. And it was also, it just showed, I guess, kind of the person he is. Look, he never thought he'd be there either. Him and Jose Trevino, like you said, we're not. <laughs> I don't think these are the guys that we, we really foresaw being at the All-Star game. But right. <laughs> so he's enjoying the moment, but he's also sort of giving fans an insight into how he works on the mound. But it's entertaining to watch that weird delivery that he has like even when it, even on a good day when he's not messing around and then he's messing around and it's like like you know does that throws that like sweeper or whatever you want to call it it yeah. was it was so cool yeah. it was great yeah. I, how do you not like those guys right right even colin McHugh tweeted he's like that was the best inning of baseball i've ever yeah. watched <laughs> like, was that was so great yeah and i what i Look, it takes a kudos to a network like Fox for trying new things because that is a network that still gets the ratings and doesn't necessarily need to try new things. Right. That's a legacy network with a legacy crew. Although I will say I very much enjoyed Joe Davis. And I was in L.A. when he had his first year um, doing play-by-play with the Dodgers, replacing Vince Gully. Like, obviously, a tough position for him to be in. And so I... Th- I feel like I've watched him grow a little bit as a broadcaster, and I think he's been a, a really fantastic addition to that crew. Yeah. But this is a network that doesn't necessarily need to throw out gimmicks. Right. They're not trying to win over audiences. People tune into Fox because they know that there's going to be baseball. They tune in to hate watch Joe Buck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, but they did. They still went out and said, what can we do to shake things up try something new and give fans a new look at baseball or a deeper look at some, some different things in baseball, because so much of baseball is like these 
teeny tiny little moving parts and you can go so in depth in some of those pitch delivery grips um pitch selection like swing mechanics and even like strategies on the field as well like baseball has so many small little elements that all go together right and yes there are a lot of casual fans who say i don't care about any of that it just bores me um but there there are there's a growing like there's a market for that like fan graphs exist because there are people who like to do deep dives in advanced analytics they're analytic like teams are employing these large analytics staffs so i thought it was a really cool look into something a little bit it was just different and it was really great insight yeah even hearing Trevino at the plate when he was up and the pitch is coming to him and you know Davis and Smoltz being you know actually Davis's reaction to Trevino's hit was really fun um I enjoyed that too because he's like hey yeah good for you like wow this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) you know uh don't try to go to second you know but the the I think the guys in the dugout were kind of razzing him because he didn't go to second, but they were, you could see it. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in segment three, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my obnoxious Yankee fan persona on because there was some controversy last night with the MVP selection. But before we get into that, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball and NFL futures. Where will Juan Soto land? Who will make the playoffs? Who will win the divisions? You can wager it all on Bet Online Right now, the Mets are the favorite to land Soto, but the Yankees are right behind them, according to Bet Bet BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Juan Soto thing, let's just talk about this briefly for one second. It came out that after he rejected the $440 million contract, the Nationals refused to charter a flight for him to L.A. and he had to fly commercial and he didn't get into L.A. till 1.30 in the morning. But he came out and won the Home Run Derby anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, like, this is... So when, as a beat writer, I would always sort of get some insight into, like, you always sort of ask, like, when did the team get in? Um, you want to know because... Sometimes, sometimes it affects like the, you know, they'll cancel BP or something like that, or, you, you know, it's the middle of a long road trip. You want to, you know, who's kind of fatigued. Um, is it a bad day for the bullpen that kind of, like, if you got in really late, that can sort of affect things. So it's, it's one of those small things that you always ask about as, as a writer. Um, I thought it was interesting hearing about some of the, I don't know, not flight shenanigans, although, if they're flying commercial right now and they're experiencing like, you know, the same stuff as the rest of us with like lost baggage and sitting at gate check for hours or sitting at the gate for hours. Like I, I do kind of laugh at that because mm-hmm, welcome to the, welcome to world. the real world. Yeah. <laughs> travel. Um, but the uh, Astros let the A's pitcher on their charter. Why couldn't they have just like, you know, gone and gotten Soto? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, really, just fly all over the place and pick them yeah. up. Hey, you need a ride too? Okay, come yeah. with us. I just thought that was amusing. Okay, I so thought it was, I, don't know, I thought it was kind of interesting hearing about that. That's like not stuff that you typically do. It's it's stuff that we ask about just to like know how guys are doing on a day to day basis. But like, it's not really stuff that gets reported a lot. There isn't right. typically. I mean, there's not really a lot of interest for it. But in that case, there's definitely interest for it. Oh yeah, because I mean, he's he's the talk of baseball right now. Because you know, for the next few weeks, people are gonna wonder where he's landing. And, and it would be so Yankees, like old school Yankees, to land him. Because remember. I mean, I know you do remember this. I, I shouldn't preface it by saying that. <laughs> when the Yankees were the Yankees of the 90s, early 2000s, every good free agent, it was just sort of assumed, oh, he's going to the Yankees. We joke about it. How long before he goes to the Yankees? His contract's up in three years. In three years, he'll be a Yankee. Like, they got every top free agent, every, like, top player, the trade targets. It just, it would be so Yankees again. And fans have complained in recent years that that's not how the Yankees are operating. You know, they didn't go after Carlos Correa. And I think I just look, this would this would be a great way to um, return the uh, Yankees mystere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would like there. for them to return to the evil empire moniker. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> Some people like them now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird. They're like um, the most likable evil empire. <laughs> so last night... Some fans had an issue with Giancarlo Stanton winning the All-Star MVP because he hit the home run to tie the game, and then Byron Buxton came up and hit the home run that ultimately won the game and put the AL up 3-2. Now, I kind of understand that angle. Sure, he put them ahead. But if Stanton doesn't hit the game-tying home run, then his home run doesn't mean anything. And Twins fans were up in arms last night. And I just found it funny because, you know, it's all-star MVP. I mean, does it really mean anything in the grand scheme of things? And my thought is Twins fans have nerve to complain about Giancarlo Stanton winning the all-star MVP when Justin Morneau has the AL MVP from 2006 in his trophy room. And he wasn't even the MVP of the twins that year. And he stole it from Derek Jeter. So you guys can take a seat. Okay. And stop complaining. And they're, Oh, you know, Yankee fans have a bigger fan base. Yankee fans weren't voting for that. You could tell from the all-star results that Yankee fans weren't really voting for people because all those Blue Jays got in. Like, no, Yankee fans don't do this. They'll complain if Yankees <laughs> don't make the all-star team, but they won't vote them in. They New won't. New Yorkers love nothing more than complaining. Right, right. So Minnesota Twin fans, I love you. I have a bunch of Twin fan friends on Twitter, but you were annoying the hell out of me last night. No, sit down. You still have that MVP from 16 years ago that was stolen, so just stop. Thank you. All right, now I'll take the obnoxious Yankee fan thing off. Um, that was fun, though. Going ba The back-to-back -back thing was a lot of fun. They both hit the hell out of the ball. Uh, Stanton's went 457. Yeah. Buxton's went 425. Just And Buxton, that was a high pitch. That was well out of the zone, and he reached for that and just... Wow, that was impressive and a lot of fun for the AL team. And speaking of the AL, man, the NL just can't win in the All-Star game. No, what is this, like nine straight? Nine straight. My brother was actually going through from the 70s 
the 60s and 70s, the NL used to win a lot, and then it flipped. And since, I can't remember the exact year, the AL has just been beating up on them. <laughs> like, there are a couple times the NL has squeaked in there, but usually it's the AL that seems to win all the games. But yeah, it's nine in a row now for the Maybe AL. Maybe it's because they had so many Yankees. Yeah. Or, I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, you know, last night, low scoring, only those two home runs were the ones that that got all the runs in. You know, the pitching was pretty good last night. You know, and a lot of people yeah. don't like that, though, because, you know, they want to see guys hitting home runs and they want to see, um, you know, offensive explosions. And I know that there were people who were hoping for the home run derby to happen if the game ended in a tie. And I think they were kind of hoping that the AL would allow the tying run so they could go to the home run derby to determine a winner. But alas, that did not happen. But I love that rule and I hope they do it again next year. And I hope it actually happens because yeah. that's another thing that you should try in a game that doesn't count and is just yeah. an exhibition to show fans how fun baseball could be if well, MLB allowed it. There's a story I wrote when I was covering the Mets. Curtis Granderson told me he thought that they should have a home run derby to end extra inning games after something like the 12th or the 13th inning, because he said that he didn't think that there was any point in playing just all night, especially in April. And this was after like a particularly bad extra inning game. Travis Darno got cramps and had to be replaced behind the plate, like in like the 14th inning or something. I don't know. And Oof. it was it. And then it was right before it bed a day game, a getaway game. It like had a domino effect. And why does that always happen? By the way, like it's always those long ass extra inning games that always tend to happen before a day game. Like there's always a day game after that happens. Yeah. So I understand the zombie runner, ghost runner, whatever you want to call it rule just for that. But I agree with Curtis Granderson. I think after the 12th inning, it should be a home run derby. You pick your best home run hitter or, you know, someone who you think would be good at it. And the other team gets to, and then, yeah, like one of those old home run derby shows, the black and white ones yeah. that they used to show with all the old players. That could be a lot of fun. It's, again, we have to evolve. I do see the traditionalist aspect of this. I wrote about how I didn't hate the ghost runner last year and, uh, oh boy, we're on DMs full. I think what people didn't re necessarily read on that column that I wrote though was I said that they shouldn't do it until after the 12th inning right and that they don't they should absolutely not do it during the postseason right there's like extra innings man like nobody wants an a nobody wants an 18 inning Tigers Royals game in April when it's 27 degrees out right and then there's all these people who like to say like oh you're not a true baseball fan if you don't watch that game. no get out of here like I'm a baseball fan and I don't want to watch that. There are, there are like, Royals and Tigers fans who don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. Right. Like, don't get out of here with that. Like, this, these rules about being a fan, like, come on, man. Um, I, I talk about it all the time. I was covering the 18-inning Dodgers-Red Sox game in the 20, was that 2018 World Series. And, you know, it was out in L.A., which so it wasn't so late for them when the game ended, but it was still late for them when the game ended. But it was really late for me, and I didn't file my story till like, 6.59 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> was that that game? Yeah. Um, it, it just, I don't know. I just think it's unnecessary to 
drag these games on into the deep hours of the morning, especially when you got a day game the next day or you got to fly across the country. It, it, I just think that maybe we could we could rethink it a little bit. And this was a perfect opportunity. I was really hoping the National League would score in the ninth. Just to see it happen. Yeah. yeah. Man, Classe is a really good reliever. Yeah. Oh, he's got so much movement and velocity on his pitches. Yeah. So much movement. Yeah. The movement is crazy, especially at that high velocity. It's like, <sighs> yeah, it's like uh, magic watching that ball move. So really, really skilled players last night on display. And ultimately, I thought it was like a very, I thought it was a, a fantastic display of what is good in baseball right now. Yeah. I thought it was a very, like, it was a good representative sort of faction of things that are going on in the game. You've got pitchers like Nestor Cortez with his mustache throwing, you know, weird sweepers. And then you have superstars like Giancarlo Stanton and you have guys chopping it up with each other at first base. Um, and you have, you have guys throwing ungodly breaking pitches. Like I yeah. thought it was just a really good representation of what baseball is now. It is not the same game that it was in the seventies, but it's still in a lot of ways, the same game it was that we've all grown up enjoying. And I just thought it was a really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't watched a ton of sports the last few weeks because I've just been sort of burnt out from a lot of the hockey playoffs and I need to recalibrate yeah yeah that's a good word i need to recalibrate and i've learned when to sort of back off the gas pedal so that i don't get burnt out and hit a wall and i i just have not been i've, I've always had baseball and in the summer like i always have it on in the background like i'll have any game on in the background and i love listening to it on the radio while i'm like making dinner or something i'm outside grilling on my patio i love having john and susan on mm -hmm. um Sometimes it's still, I'm still not like retaining the information or like paying attention to the game. I was sort of hooked last night. I, I really enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Now, programming note Yankees are playing the Astros tomorrow. Two games, doubleheader starts at 1 10 p.m. If the matchups are set for the game tonight, I will be recording a preview. But if, it's, if they're not, then post-game show for tomorrow. Um, we're trying to do a new thing with Locked On. We're trying this in the second half of the season. Um, we're going to try post-game shows so you guys see immediate reactions to how the Yankees do. And since it's a doubleheader against the Astros in Houston, this could either be really bad or really funny. So, you know, it, it might be fun, maybe, if yeah. it's not a complete... <laughs> Disaster. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, if the pitching matchups are set, if the Yankees and Houston actually help me out, you might get a late show that'll be up in the morning. So you have a preview for the double header. If not, it'll just be a post game show or maybe a show in between the games of the double header. We'll figure this out tomorrow. Casey has lots of ideas. I do. I do. It's the ADHD brain in me. I have tons of ideas. Do I execute them a lot? No, but I have tons of ideas. Also so, a very typical ADHD trait. 
Yes, yes. Starting so things, out, not finishing them. Yes. So if you have ADHD and you're listening to this podcast, we we relate to you very. We very, feel you and we appreciate you. Yes, yes, we do. So that is it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment and then click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to us, why not listen to Locked On MLB Prospects? You can make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday and we'll talk to you tomorrow at some point. Thank you.